Hello, welcome to Nature's Alchemy. And I'm Karen Squilanti. I invite you to come into Nature's Alchemy where we explore natural healing with crystals, plants and herbalism, essential oils, and in many ways that Mother Earth provides for our healing and well-being. So this is uh, class number five. And uh, today um, I have a pretty uh, interesting lesson. We're going to do a little bit of science because uh, I believe that science and spirituality really do go together. And so I would like to introduce a little physics, basically physics, a little bit of chemistry, but mostly physics. So uh, it's not going to be a hard lesson, but it's really good to have this, this side of, of crystals. That's what I'm talking about. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So Chris, I want to give you a little bit of history, and then we're going to go into some geology, and then into some physics, and uh, this, the lesson gets pretty interesting. So crystals have been used for healing for thousands of years. I mean, thousands of years. I mean, like the Lemurians, the Atlanteans, um, Egyptians, uh, the Asian in the Indians, the Chinese, the Aborigines, Australians, Native Americans. I mean, the South American cultures, I mean, the list goes on and on. Everyone used crystals in, uh, in their lifestyles and in healing. And so we have this ancient uh, knowledge that's been passed down to us. Because sometimes people ask, well, how do you know that this does that? Well, a couple of reasons. One is that it's, there's traditional meetings, people that have been using meetings uh, for these particular crystals for you know, millennia, and uh, then there are those who spend time with their crystals, um, and they uh, they share what their crystal had for them. So that's a, a way uh, to get, uh, that's a way to, to figure out how crystals um, help or, or what they do for us, or what they, what they're, what they do, in quotes. Okay, so um, it was, it said that there are that over by the pyramids, one of the pyramids floor has uh, is all quartz crystal. And they said that they use that for healing. So they would bring people to the crystal floor and lay them on the, on the floor and, and the crystal floor would heal them. Um, Native Americans use them for shaman stones. Um, they all only were required, uh, excuse me, uh, acquired uh, if they were gifts. So shaman stones were given to you. It was like saying, here I'm, I believe in your gift. Here's a, you know, this is a, these are um, healing stones. That's what they use them for. So they're close to 5,000 minerals uh, that we know of. And <laughs> that's a lot of minerals and officially um, recognized. Now, uh, they're just discovering more and more all the time. Um, they're coming out with a lot of um, interesting names that uh, a lot of people have never heard of. So uh, many more have been discovered in the last hundred years, but we don't really need to know all of them, okay? It's, it's actually better to be more familiar with say 30 to 50 stones than it is to be just acquaintances with 100 or 150. So uh, this way, because um, if, if you are familiar with that many stones, you can pretty much kill anything that you so that's, uh, that's a really good um, bonus for crystals. So the geologists, uh, they identify a crystal um, with uh, five characteristics. And they 
course, you know, scientists love acronyms. So uh, their acronym for proving that a crystal is a crystal, according to them, uh, is SNIFT, S-N-I-F-C, as in Charlie, SNIFT. And so I'm going to tell you what those mean. Um, and then uh, we're going to go through a few different items to determine whether they're crystalline or not, Excuse me, according to the geologist. So the first one, S, signifies solid at room, or excuse me, at ambient temperature, which means that where, where you are, depending on where you are on the earth, whether it be hot or very, very hot or very cold, the crystal, the, the item has to be solid at that temperature. Okay. N is signifi signifies naturally occurring, not man-made. So you can't have like uh, an opalite or a man-made diamond. The, the, the geologists don't consider them crystal. They consider them man-made. So the next one, I, is inorganic, not from a living organism. So that rules fossils, you know, anything that trees or insects, you know, things like that, uh, mollusks, all that kind of stuff. All, anything that's a fossil is not considered a crystal. And then the last one, F, is fixed composition. Now, <clears throat> fixed composition is a definite chemical formula, like uh, quartz is SiO2, or one molecule of silicon and two molecules of oxygen. Okay, so that is a crystalline formula. And its crystalline formula is uh, throughout the whole thing. It's homogenous. So no matter how you slice it, it's always going to have the same crystalline formula, right? Whether it's a little teeny molecule or it's a big slab. Excuse me, there's a little plug. <laughs> OK. So let's go, let's go through a few. Um, items and determine whether they, according to the geologists and their SNF acronym, whether they're, uh, whether, whether they're uh, crystals or not. So the, the first one we're going to talk about is wood. And so of course, wood is inorganic. So it wouldn't be, um, it, it wouldn't be um, considered a crystal. Okay. So um, since organic, that would be a no. The next one is gold. Gold is a mineral. Um, it, it's solid at the ambient temperature, it's naturally occurring, it's inorganic, and it has a fixed composition, just G, <laughs> gold, um, excuse me, AU, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, AU, so that's, that's what gold is, so gold is considered a crystal. Okay, fossil, um, now we, we talked about this just a moment ago, fossils are in, made from organic material. Um, fossils are usually either uh, dead animals that have fallen into the sand and then compacted over thousands of years or fallen into tree sap and then the tree sap uh, gets uh, mineralized or uh, agatized so it becomes hard in, and uh, uh, quartz takes over the, uh, the sap. So it becomes a mineral. But, but because it started out being organic, sap is, is, comes from trees, then it would not be considered a, a crystal, okay? Uh, of course, amber is gorgeous. I know, oh man, wearing nice big piece of amber is such a treat. Now, uh, another one is uh, rough topaz. 
Now, topaz is a mineral, yes, because it has a fixed composition. Uh, it's solid, the ambient temperature, it occurs naturally, it's inorganic, and it has a crystalline compound structure, okay? Topaz has a specific um, crystalline um, formula. And I'm sorry, I didn't write that down, but uh, you can look that up, I'm sure, any website about crystals will tell you. Stop it, little bug. <laughs> little bug. Okay, another one is granite. Now, that's interesting because granite is made up of minerals, but it's made up of many different kinds of minerals. So it doesn't have a regular atomic crystalline structure. So um, in other words, like um, it has more than one mineral in it. So if you were to slice it, you would see like a feldspar, a quartz, a calcite, um, you know, and, and those little pieces would be in there, but the whole rock or the whole piece is not homogenous. So you can't just break it down to the least little molecule and say, yeah, this is granite because granite's made up of many minerals. So it would be considered a rock and not a crystal. All right. And then uh, we'll just go over one more black obsidian. Now, obsidian is kind of an interesting critter because obsidian is a volcanic glass. And so it, uh, it's, it's quartz, it's because it cuts lava, so it comes up out of the middle of the earth, but it cools down so quickly that it's silicon dioxide doesn't have a chance to form in a crystalline structure. So it becomes glass. So uh, it's a volcanic glass. And because glass, when, uh, when they make glass and they cool down glass, it cools down fairly rapidly. And so glass doesn't have a chance to uh, form into silicon dioxide and whatever other minerals they put in there. So, um, so when you break glass, it has those really sharp edges and with obsidian, it's the same thing. It cleaves or breaks just like glass does. So uh, it is not considered a minimal. All right, so we'll move on and uh, talk about uh, the difference between a crystal and a stone. Now, crystals have that atomic structure throughout and can be seen under a microscope. Um, some can be seen with the naked eye, like quartz or garnet. Um, fluorite comes in little octahedrons, like two little pyramids stuck together. Um, and those are pretty cool. Uh, you can get pretty fairly big ones, you know, about like that. And uh, those are natural. And those are called macrocrystalline, which means that their crystalline structure is big. You can actually see, like if you look down a quartz point, you can actually see the structure of the crystalline structure on the outside of the crystal, it, it takes the shape. It's pretty interesting. Garnet's the same way. Garnet looks like a dodecahedron, you know, like um, if you have kids and they play with dice, you know, those, all those big sets of dice and you get the one that has the 20 sides or, well, eight, I think it's 12 sides or eight sides, something, it's 12 sides. And you can see like a, a, a garnet crystal will have those flat sides and look kind of like a soccer ball. It's really cool. So, um, some uh, crystals are microcrystalline, which means that you can't see uh, the crystalline structure except under the microscope. So when you, excuse me one second. And a lot of jaspers are like that. Like if you can't see through it, if it's not clear, like quartz is clear, fluoride is clear, you can see through those minerals. 
even garnets, you know, you can't really, you can't see through them. Garnets are, you know, can be clear. But uh, these are uh, like rose quartz, aventurines, uh, uh, all the aventurines, you can't really see through them. Some of them are translucent, like you can see sunlight come in and those, those are what you call chalcedony. And um, if uh, most people um, mispronounce it and say chalcedony, but it's really chalcedony. Um, so uh, that's spelled C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N-Y. All right, so that's it. these are types of minerals, uh, but these are all microcrystalline quartz. Okay, so you can't really see through them, but they still have the, uh, if you go down to microscopic level, they still have the quartz crystal stuff. So stones are a mixture of minerals and elements and are all not homogenous, okay, under a microscope. So, uh, and many of those, you know, little clumps can be seen through the naked eye, like granite's a, a really good example. I'm sure everyone's seen a piece of granite on the countertop or, you know, uh, on the side of the road, you know, you live in, in the north and you're in the mountains. Um, then you would see that. So, okay. So that's the difference. So how do crystals help us heal? Now this is a, this is pretty interesting. It is a lot more uh, more science for you. So uh, crystals help us by aligning our chakras. Now your chakras, you have many chakras all around your body. I mean, every joint, every organ has a chakra, but uh, we're going to talk about the seven major ones. And those are um, those are starting at the tailbone, which is the root chakra, which is our first chakra. And then they go up seven to the crown, which is seventh chakra. Now, uh, I know a lot of people are familiar with chakra system. Um, I didn't plan on delving into it right now, uh, but basically uh, you have energy centers or uh, as they spin, they look like little hurricanes or vortexes and they come out of your body in you know, like in this kind of shape. So your one of your crown goes up, the one at your tailbone goes down towards the root or the mother earth's core, which is her root chakra. And the rest of them go forward and backward out of your, and remember there, your chakras are also go out the back of you, not just the front of you. So, uh, so a lot of people don't know that. But um, what uh, crystals do is they help balance those energy centers. Okay, and then the other thing that they do is they change our frequencies. And we uh, are, we all vibrate at specific levels. And I'm gonna get to that in just a little bit. But we, um, uh, and also crystals can be used as a vibratory tool, okay, to help with our emotions and physical healing, you know, vibrationary tools, okay? So uh, now, uh, as far as changing our frequencies, okay, now, Crystals are oscillators, which means they, vib they vibrate. They go really quick, really, really fast, okay? Um, and they cause you to vibrate or have a frequency also. Now, just to let you know how fast they go, is uh, quartz vibrates at over 32,000 uh, megahertz, um, closer to 38, uh, excuse me, 33. So uh, that's really fast. Now one megahertz, now one, one hertz, okay? One hertz is one vibration, up, down, okay? 
uh, megahertz is a thousand of those, okay? And we're talking per second. That's how fast we're talking, just 1,000 of those, okay? So quartz vibrates at over 32,000 of those per second. That's very fast. So I personally consider crystals as light beings because they vibrate that fast. Okay, because most other things in the 3D world only vibrate maybe seven, 800 at best, like the uh, Bachbaum remedies and you know, things like that, flowers and you know, some plants and a lot of herbs and things like that, they, they vibrate higher frequencies, you know, essential oils, you know, um, that kind of stuff. So, um, but we also are vibrating beings too. And we vibrate between, uh, 62 to 70 on a good day. Uh, most people, I would say, uh, most people right now are not vibrating that high. <laughs> I would say you're vibrating a lot lower than that. Okay. So when I'm going to tell, I'm going to show you how crystals help you raise your vibrations because you do need to do that now. This is very important to raise our vibrations as far as we can. So this is one way to do it is using crystals. So all matter has an oscillatory rate, all right? Um, because crystals have a repeating atomic structure, their rates are very precise. Okay, so they, all, they always vibrate at that particular uh, frequency. Now, um, these rates are pretty precise and they're called dominant oscillatory rates or DOR, which you know, we're in the science realm right now. So we're gonna get acronyms, so DOR. So your DOR is, your, is the dominant oscillatory rate of any, any object, any being, any, anything, anything that's matter will have an oscillatory rate, okay? So uh, the rates don't vary very much at all and they're resistant to entropy. Now, entropy is not an acronym, <laughs> but it is a word, it's a scientific word. And entropy is the tendency to fall into chaos or disorganization. Um, you know, like my desk here. <laughs> I have piles and piles of stuff on both sides of me. So uh, in any case, um, entropy is the ability or the tendency to fall into chaos or disorganization. Okay, that's why like when you go to an old forest and you, you've got moss and lichen and mushrooms growing on old, old, old trees that have fallen hundreds of years ago. And you can see the outline of the body, but the whole tree is just completely uh, disintegrated because it's just, you know, that old. And so, um, you know, you see that tendency to fall into chaos. So it all, you know, everything's recycling, but, you know, it looks messy and, you know, it's, decomposing and that's what I'm you know that's what I mean. So we have the DORs or dominant oscillatory rates all over our bodies. Okay, but altogether we have an average and I think I mentioned that before, 62 to 70. Uh, but if you're not feeling that great, you're probably not vibrating um, that high. So what happens to our frequencies? Okay. Now uh our DORs are not stable. Like we're, we are very, very susceptible to entropy. Not like a crystal. Crystal uh, can maintain its frequency around, um, you know, much different energy frequencies, and so uh, they uh, don't are not susceptible to 
um, picking up energies that don't really affect us because they're very stable. So, but we aren't. <laughs> so uh, any kind of stress, you know, uh, work stress, emotional stress, anything, stress in general can screw up our uh, DLRs. So what happens to our frequency? It changes or entrains. Okay, so, um, okay, so what that means is entrain, and this is another science word. And uh, this is where, this is exactly how crystals help. So I want you to uh, be aware that this is a very important statement that I'm gonna make here. Now, um, entrain means to, uh, our frequency aligns with the other frequency that we come in contact with. Now, entrainment can go up or down. Um, it depends on the, um, well, no, it can never go down, it always goes up. Excuse me, I apologize for that. What that means is that, what, let's say you have, um, I'm vibrating at about 62 megahertz, right? And I want to feel a little bit better. So I grab a crystal that's vibrating at 32,000 plus piece of quartz, a big piece of quartz. Now, when you're using crystals for healing, size really does matter. And so you want to get the crystals that are the, um, the biggest ones that you can afford. I know I've said this before in some of my other um, in some of my other videos that you really do because the larger they are, or if you have a lot of little ones of all the same, you can put all those little ones together and that will also um, boost the energy of the crystals by having lots of little ones. So if you have like say, uh, you know, an inch and a half piece of rock and then you've got say eight, seven or eight little crystals, that's about the same, you know, that's good enough. So if you, had that line around um, that helps so you don't have to invest a whole lot of stuff um, in uh in, in crystals if you have those but you do need to have a lot you know, like a, a, you know a good amount of uh, size of each uh, for it to affect you so um so when when we hold on to a quartz crystal that's vibrating at 32,000 plus megahertz, and we're only vibrating at 62. Okay, what happens is we entrain with the quartz crystal. See, energy never goes down, it never loses, it always, you know, amplifies or it changes, but it doesn't ever, it doesn't ever, it never dissipates. Okay, so we are always going to, or the lower energy will always try to entrain or always will entrain with the higher vibration. So when I hold on to 32,000 plus crystal and I hold on to it for say 20, 30 minutes, right? My vibration is gonna go up, right? Because my body is entraining with the crystal and it also affects your DNA and your DNA entrains with it also, which is very, very healing. So that's why it's you know really important if you're going to do some kind of healing and you have some quartz crystals, you can just hold them you know right here on your chest if you want and just you know pour some love into it and uh, ask it for it to send you some healing energy. And uh, you know I am sure that I would be very happy to do so because they love us and they want to help us heal. So uh, so that's a several things that you can do. Now, um, 
So what I, I do want to tell you is that, you know, even though they're really good healers, okay, crystals are not magic rocks. Okay, you just can't get a crystal for this and a crystal for that. And then, you know, maybe you have an acquaintance or, or a friend uh, or significant other that always does something that pisses you off. So they don't fix out everything for you. I mean, you really can't use them like that. But what they do is they amplify the, 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 the time it takes for your body to heal itself. So when you work with crystals, you're just enhancing that. You're at the energy, because you're rising, excuse me, raising your energy with the crystals, then your body has a better chance of healing itself. Okay, because um, it's vibrating at a higher frequency. See, the lower you vibrate, let me give you a couple of examples. If you have a cold or you're sick with a stomach flu or something like that, you're going to vibrate at about 55 megahertz. Okay, so you get sick, your vibration goes down. Remember, 62 to 70 is about average for a healthy adult. Okay, if you have a debilitating disease, all right, I'm not going to name any of them, but you know what I'm talking about. All right, you're going to vibrate at about 40 megahertz. And then if your body is ready to cross over, then you're going to start vibrating at 20 and you're going to go down there. So the higher you vibrate, the healthier your body will become. So that's why it's really important, you know, if you're going to on a healing journey and you're doing other things that you know, help your body heal, then add crystals to them, you know, enhance your healing journey with them. That's, you know, the most important thing um, about using crystals is asking them, asking them to help you. And they're, they're here for us. They, they love us so much. You have no idea. Some people, sometimes people just think they're, oh, they're just a bunch of pretty rocks, but uh, uh, <laughs> they, um, they have amazing, powerful energy. And um, they want to help us. And they're just, you know, I believe they're crystalline beings, well, crystalline, but I also believe that they're light beings because of all of the different structures. And if you look behind me, uh, you're going to see Metatron's cube, and you're going to see uh, the octagons and the pentagons, and the, you know, the sex, uh, heptagons and all that, and the Merkabods. So um, those are all uh, crystalline structures, but they're also sacred geometry. So it's, it's really important the, the ties that you um, that you have uh, with physics and chemistry and uh, 3D Earth and the different um, solid objects that we have here. You know, crystals are they are solid objects. You know, you can pick them up, you can hold them, and they have weight. And they're you know they're uh, some of them can be very hard. Okay, uh, and, but uh, you but you understand that they vibrate so fast. Um, that's why they use quartz crystals in every electronic device known to man, because quartz crystals, well, they make synthetic quartz crystals, it's the same thing, silicon dioxide, and uh, they vibrate such a specific frequency uh, that they all, you know, that's why they're used in all the electronic devices, because the devices can depend on them. Because see, what happens is when you either heat a quartz crystal or you pound it like using physical pressure, um, it will create a spark. So that means that it creates electricity either way. So you have a piezoelectric, which is when you pound on it, like 
boom, 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 boom. Like, uh, have you ever seen a man wear a quartz watch and they shake their wrist? Okay, that's uh, what they're doing is they're winding their uh, watch up because they're winding up the little springs so the spring starts hitting the quartz crystal at like really high frequencies to stimulate it to um, uh, to run the, the quartz movement. Uh, so that's what it's doing. And then uh, in a lot of other um, devices, and I'm not sure which ones are being used in, but uh, they also heat their quartz up. So uh, quartz it becomes pyroelectric and it also creates spark and creates electricity as well. So it's pyroelectric and it's piezoelectric. So it's really, it's just amazing, interesting, um, crystal, the crystal world. And there's so much more to know. And I just love science because science just backed up the metaphysical. And, uh, you know, I just know in my heart that there's such a huge connection between the two. And um, I know that the old uh, ancient cultures, they all had their really high technologies and they also were very much into the crystals using the quartz and all the other um, minerals that they could um, bring from the earth. So um, that's it for my lesson. Actually, it was a little bit short, but um, that's okay. Um, I just wanted to uh, give you a little bit of, of, um, of science to back up all this movie stuff, you know. A lot of people. I uh, one time I was at um, a show. This was before we had our shop, and um, so uh, this guy walked by, and of course I think he was a geologist, or he was into he was a, into he was into a rock club, but they weren't into the metaphysical. They were into the collecting and that kind of stuff. And so he comes up to my table and goes, "You believe in all this?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "How about if I give you a science lesson?" So I told him about entrainment. I told him. You know about uh, you know quartz crystal and that kind of stuff, and he looked at me and goes, "Well, that's what you believe," and he, he walks off because there was nothing he could say. You know, I just put it out there. So, uh, in any case, so um, next week uh, we have two more classes, and um, next week I'm going to teach you about how to make a gem water or a gem elixir. Now, uh, please before the class. Do not go plunking rocks into your water. Get them out of your aquarium. Don't put them in the turtle bowl. Don't put them in your dog bowl until you watch the class. Okay, please, because most rocks are toxic. Most crystals are toxic. They have elements in them that make them that, like aluminum and uh, arsenic and uh, antimony and uh, lead. So a lot of them have those uh, elements in them. So please wait until you see my class next week. And then, um, because I want to talk to you, and you can go look up toxic chemicals, on, uh, excuse me, toxic minerals on the internet. You can just go, whatever browser you use, just uh, put in toxic minerals, and you'll get several websites that will um, come up with lists. Uh, I know Hibiscus Moon has a really good list. Uh, that's one of the ones that I use. For checking, and then there's a couple other that are really good. So I definitely recommend that you do that before you can, or just at least get the list. <laughs> and then I'll show you how to make a gem water with any toxic stones, so that you don't have to worry about making, uh, you know, putting them directly in the water. It's called the indirect method. I'm going to teach that next week. And then my final class is just about 
developing your intuition and choosing your crystals. So we're learning uh, different methods on choosing your crystals. And then we're gonna learn about how to open up your third eye and develop intuition. I'll give you a few techniques that you can use. Um, and then uh, we'll, and that will be my last class. So uh, it was supposed to, my class was supposed to end, classes were supposed to end next week, but um, I was ill last week, so I couldn't make it. So I had to push them back. So the final class is gonna be two weeks from now. So 16 is of the 23rd. So that's the, the one about intuition and choosing crystals. So um, thank you so much for coming into Nature's Alchemy, where we explore natural healing with crystals, plants, and herbalism, and the many ways that Mother Earth provides for healing and well-being. And again, this is Karen Scalapi, and thank you for coming. <laughs>